I was put right in front of the director and I was like thinking, oh my goodness, now I really have to get my shit together and know these exercises because I want this job because I didn't get the one before. <laughs> Welcome back to Gamble's Green Room. I'm your host, Mike Gamble, bringing you the people you need to know with the stories you want to hear. Today, I'm joined by another good friend of mine. This woman is almost always on point, pun intended. In less than 10 years, she's gone through the ranks up to demi-soloist, to soloist, to now principal. She started off in Vienna State Ballet, and she's now seen on stage at the San Francisco Ballet as principal dancer. She comes from Sweden, representing for the melanated people. Give it up for my girl, <laughs> Miss Nikisha Bogo in the house. What's up, girl? What's up? Nice to have a conversation with you. Thank you. So Good long. to see you. <laughs> After yeah. a year and a half, we know, I know, I remember that we were having a little trouble getting you back into the States due to COVID. We're going to talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about you, we, us meeting in class when you were home, just keeping up your training and stuff. We got a lot, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. The people need to know who you is. The people need to find out just what you're doing up in here. So I always start from the beginning. You are from a very small town in Sweden called Falun. No. No? I'm not. No, I'm from Stockholm. Are you from Stockholm? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so she's a capital city girl. I'm a city girl, yes. All right. <laughs> so how did you get, what's, what's the back, and actually, let's go, let's, let's, let's rewind that. So you're from Stockholm, and, but you're, you, you come from a mixed background with your family. You are part Jamaican? Yes. So my mother, she's Swedish and my father, he's Jamaican or he's, he was born in the UK, but his parents, um, they, they're from Jamaica. Oh yeah, baby. We all, all, all of <laughs> us know how that is with the Jamaican folks up in London. Yeah, exactly. So for those that don't know when Jamaica, when Jamaica was a colony, cause that's what it was. It was a colony. Uh, Jamaican citizens were given British, uh, right to move over to England and settle there. So a lot went over and that's how you have a lot of the, uh, Jamaican, uh, British, I was going to say clientele. <laughs> that's not what I want to use. People uh, society. People. Yeah. The pe yeah. <laughs> so how did your mom and dad meet? Do you know the story? Well, they they met in London. Uh, mm -hmm. My mom, she went uh, to live in London when she was younger to be an au pair. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was also working in a coffee shop. And my dad, he was going into the coffee shop every day and he realized, oh my God, she's so beautiful. I want to get her attention somehow. Because this was before all the dating apps and yeah. all of that. So <laughs> a while ago. So yeah, a while ago. So then he wanted to stand out from all the people ordering coffees and stuff. So he was like, okay, I'm gonna order just like frothed milk <laughs> every day, every time I come in there <laughs> to catch her attention. And the funny thing is that he's lactose intolerant so he didn't even drink the milk but i mean it worked because i mean here i am <laughs> <laughs> that's that's absolutely adorable 
that he was like, you know what? I'm going to drink something that might kill me if I drink too much <laughs> just to get her attention. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. yeah, it worked. So, yeah. And the, both my parents, they were then also dancers. Hmm. Um, well, not ballet. Yeah. <laughs> they were both hip-hop dancers or dancing behind artists um, such as Dr. Alban. I don't know yeah. if you know him. I know Dr. Alban, yeah. So they were... Yeah, so they were dancing behind him on tour. And my dad, he was also then continuing on to be in some type of dance crew that were touring the world. <laughs> so, uh, and he was actually also my um, hip-hop teacher for a little bit at my dance school. So, <laughs> your dad so was your, wait, always, your dad was your teacher. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So it was like, my whole childhood was a lot of dancing every night. My sister and I were constantly dancing, putting on performances for our parents and, you know, just moving, blasting the music. Um, and so, yeah, so I started off dancing hip hop and jazz and tap, mm-hmm. all of that. And then um, I actually saw New Year's concert which is um, actually, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, it's a Vienna State Opera Ballet. They make a a performance with the Philharmonica. Oh, cool. And they air it every year um, on New Year's or on the 1st of January. Mm -hmm. And I saw that it was on TV and I saw it and I just like remember, I mean, I don't remember, but... (laughs) that's when (laughs) that's when i fell in love (laughs) with ballet um and i i begged my parents to to audition for the royal swedish ballet school Mm -hmm. because then i could dance every day and have my academics at the same time it was like a (laughs) win-win and i got in and that's how i like started ballet how old were you at that point (laughs) Um, I was nine. Wow, she started young. Yeah, so I was nine um, when I started ballet. Um, when I did baby ballet when I was young, younger, but <laughs> I don't know. I well, don't how- think that counts <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, how old were you when you were taking your dad's hip hop classes and the jazz classes? When did you start that? Um, I must have been really, really young. Because well, that's what I, I'm saying. If you started ballet at nine, you were already dancing before then with your sister. Um, well, I must have been like from five or six mm-hmm. up. Uh, but I think when I, he was my teacher, I was probably like eight. Okay. Yeah, seven or eight. So I'm going to jump. So it's pretty. You said you saw the Vienna State Ballet with the Philharmonic on TV. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty serendipitous that when we get to that point, that that's the first ballet company. Yeah, because the funny thing is that when I auditioned to the ballet, I actually didn't really know anything about that ballet ballet company. I feel (laughs) bad, but I didn't know anything about them, and um, I've never really been such a like a bunhead um ballet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I didn't know and actually it was my mom that told me that 
well, when you were younger, you saw them like the Vienna Ballet and then look now you're there. And then at the end, actually, I did perform the Vienna, like Vienna, um, what is it called? New Year's concert. The, the concert it you was perform- a full circle Dope. moment. <laughs> All right. We're going to get to that in a second. But I'm going to rewind back to you're yes. nine years old. You're in Stockholm. You see them on TV and you decide you beg your mom and dad to let you audition for the Royal Swedish Ballet School. Yeah. And you're like, hey, it's a win-win situation. I get my dance every day plus my academics. So you can't be mad at me because I'm still going to be book smart as well. How was that uh, program for you? Um, it was good. I mean, because I feel like um, sweet in Sweden, it's like everyone have the same. It's very nice. Like everyone has have the same circumstances, like in the way that... Um, uh, how do I say this? Like everyone should be treated equally, which is uh, true. Yeah. But sometimes like, when you're trying to um, um, be an elite in, mm-hmm. in uh, a place, that can be a little bit hard sometimes because a lot of um, pe- some people are there for different reasons, obviously, because right. it's fun. Um, well, dancing is really fun, so I don't blame them. But, um, yeah, so sometimes that was a little bit of an issue for me because I was wanting to push more while some people were just having fun. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit hard sometimes. And I've always, like, taken it very seriously, like, I, in a way that I I knew that that was what I wanted to do. So I was like... Mm-hmm. I am really serious about this. I want to become a professional um, when I was nine. <laughs> I said that. Um, <laughs> when you know, you know. Um, when you know, you know. Um, and there have been some hurdles along the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, also being like a person of color and um, and all of that, it's been a little bit of a struggle in some aspects. Mm. <laughs> so w- one question I have for you is with, on the teacher side of everything, because mm-hmm. so for those for those of you that don't know, I, I live in Sweden. I teach in Sweden. So I know exactly what uh, Nikisha is talking about with uh, everybody's equal footed, even if you're like whether you have a higher skill set, lower skill set. It's we're all together in this, which has a practicality to it. But as she said, you know, when you're trying to push to the next level or like trying to develop a student to go, you can only go so far because then you're not allowed to like play favoritism or anything. So my question to you is how did that, did you, your teachers, how did they, cause you wanted it so much more. Did you talk to your teachers? Yeah. Did they see that in you? And one of them was like, you know what, I'm going to take you under my wing and try and guide you this way. Or how did that, how did that fall out? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I've had some really good mentors along the way that mm-hmm. kind of, took me under their wing um and like at the ballet school there I had one teacher in particular that that I felt really she really helped me um but I mean I do remember that then other students would be like upset maybe that they felt like I don't know I was getting more attention mm-hmm. in the in the teaching aspects um 
so it is a it is a really hard balance to find um of like obviously helping everyone but then at the same time also helping people that maybe like are dying to to learn or like they're really hungry um and yeah so it's definitely hard but it's interesting seeing that it's the ballet school like it's the royal swedish ballet school so you would think that their ideology would be to uh cultivate elite ballet dancers versus just ballet dancers yeah yeah i mean i think they they do um but i think when you get to a certain level it's just like you know the fine it's really intricate like the Mm -hmm. little differences and um like i don't me personally i don't think it was it wasn't a bad experience for me to go there mm-hmm. um because it also brought me to where i am today and i i went on to go to royal ballet school after that and they also pushed me at the school to to do some international ballet competitions to be like seen outside so it's not like it cool. didn't help me at all mm-hmm. um so um how this the royal swedish ballet school what age does that go up to uh, I think it's from, must be from like nine until 16. And then it that's like the lower and upper school. I don't really know the terms. Um, and then you go, I think they have college also, mm-hmm. which is from until maybe until 19. Okay. Um, so, so, so the, the first, the first one, uh, is I think you're going to say like Grundschulen, which is like the not yeah. elementary school, but like it would be the equivalent of elementary middle school, and then gymnasium yeah. is like high school, like the upper secondary education. Yeah, is that what yeah. you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, cool. exactly. So mm-hmm. I did like the Grundschulen part, like the yeah, the youngest until 16. That's mm-hmm. where I went, and then after that, I went to Royal Ballet School in London. Ooh. For my upper school. Oh, she fancy. She went back to daddy's land in London. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was, how, was, how was that transition going from Sweden to London at such a young age, at 16? Um, it was, for me, it was okay. Um, I think for my, my pet family, it was harder. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean... Yeah, it's always somehow when you're the one going out, experiencing new things, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely hard because all of a sudden I had to do my own laundry and cook for myself. And in London, I mean, it's such a big city compared to Stockholm. Right. Um, and also then I was surrounded by so many, like the best people from each country basically so many talented students uh and was also so close to one of the the best ballet companies in the world royal ballet that we were we had access to all of that or i had Mm -hmm. access to all that so i was just so hungry to learn and to improve uh, and have fun um and yeah i think I, I learned so much during, I was there for two years and I learned so much during my time there. How was your audition yeah. process? 
So I I went to the Prix de Lausanne competition, mm-hmm. which is basically like the Olympics for ballet. <laughs> uh, and so I went there and the Royal Swedish Ballet School, they um, brought me there. And the thing that's so good there is that all the world's ballet schools and companies, they're there to see, um, they're basically auditioning for people or to recruit people for their schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go through to the final or anything like that. I didn't get any prize, but I did get a couple of scholarships Dope. to schools, which was like for me the main goal anyway. <laughs> and I got then um, like a scholarship to go to Royal Ballet School. So that's that's yeah. be- that's better than any first for me. That's better than any first prize ever. You got a scholarship right? to the like ballet school. <laughs> yeah. So they just wanted me to um, to go there and do the audition like, mm-hmm. at the school so that I could see also everything. And then I guess they wanted to take another look at me. And then they offered me the the place in the school. Crazy! <laughs> I was so excited, <laughs> but also scared because I'd never lived alone before. Or You're sixteen at the time; you haven't even lived anything <laughs> yet. No, and I can't believe that that's that's been like wait, oh, eleven years. That was eleven years ago. Chill. <laughs> yeah, listen. I told y'all in less than ten years, she's done come up to be the principal ballet dancer that y'all need to know about right now. People need to know you. I'm just saying. So we're now in London. We're 16 years old. We're there for two years. Um, You're dancing, as you said, with some of the best from around the world coming from Sweden, because again, we just talked about in Sweden, there's there. Don't get us wrong. Whoever's listening, don't get us wrong. There's not a lack of uh, push or drive or anything. It's just different. you have to experience it. You have to be, you literally have to come to Sweden and experience what we're talking about because it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But with that being said, because you experienced that, what was the experience like go- coming from the Swedish culture into this London, uh, I would say competitive uh, lifestyle? Yeah. I think the main difference with Royal Ballet School was that, um, I mean, first of all, all the people that are there, they, because it's also, it's not easy to get into the school. So mm-hmm. everyone that's there, they're chosen for a reason and everyone really wants it really badly. And like everyone's moved away from home. They're from different cultures. So you learn so much just from the people that are in the school from the students because there's so many cultures in my um, dorm apartment Mm -hmm. there was one girl from australia one girl from japan one from china and one from france so there's so many cultures and people that are just like combined so i feel like just from that i don't know there's an everyone has different um schoolings and ways to work so it was very interesting to to witness that and kind of you can kind of pick and choose what you want to 
take on for yourself from mm-hmm. other people. If that makes sense. Yeah. You can learn. Um, so in that sense, I think that was different because people had already, I mean, left home and every, we were all just kids there in London, moved away from home and we were all experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we really had to, I don't know, we were there for a reason, I guess. Yeah. Are you still in touch with anybody from your class from uh, Royal Ballet in London? Yeah. So I'm my best friend. I, I'm, he came with me or we both went to Vienna together. Oh, cool. So we, yeah, we were just since 16 every day together. Uh, but now that I moved here and he moved to Copenhagen at the time, we had to split up, but we talk almost every day still. And then I have some close friends still so from school that are still in London. They went into the company there. Nice. But that's what's so nice that now I have friends all over the world. So if I mm-hmm. want to go visit someplace, I have places to crash. <laughs> China, like Japan, them, Australia, right? France, London. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't sound bad. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> At all. <laughs> no. <laughs> So at what point, oh, that's funny. At what point did you start studying point? <laughs> no pun intended. No, um, that, actually, that wasn't a pun intended there. <laughs> um, I think I started at age 10. Oh, already in Sweden? In Sweden, yeah. Cool. For those of you that yeah. don't know about ballet, there is quote-unquote regular ballet just for layman's terms and there's point shoe ballet which is what most people see uh you see a lot of times in movies uh the ballerinas uh bending their shoes and lacing them up and scraping them and like getting them like banging them and knocking them and stuff point shoes and when you're dancing on your toes on point on the point of your foot is pretty much what the translate the direct translation from french is uh and it's much more strenuous uh and athletic because it's you're balancing on your on the toe box so so you started that at 10 around you said yeah, i think it was 10 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and it's funny because back then i one pair of point shoes would last me the whole year <laughs> or until my feet grew Mm-hmm. But now one pair of punches can last me one rehearsal. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I guess my feet like got stronger or I'm using my like I'm using my feet differently than when I was younger. Like I would I'm not just hopping up and down of point. Right. I'm rolling through the shoes. I'm breaking them in more. It depends on what I'm what I'm working on, but sometimes I think maximum is maybe like a week, but then they're like super dead in the end and like All right. So are you buying all these point <laughs> shoes or are the company buying them for you? The company. I don't okay. know how otherwise I <laughs> That's why I'm yeah. asking. <laughs> yeah, like I hands down to to people that are like having to pay for their pointches because they're so expensive also like Mm -hmm. it's not cheap Mm -mm. so 
No, it's it's a piece of sports equipment. And for those that have you played sports like hockey or American football, or even like regular football or soccer, as we say in the U.S., sports equipment is freaking expensive. And you try and keep that shit as long as you possibly can. And she's going through these bad boys maximum once a week. But that's because she's a diva principal. She 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 tipping and twirling and blah, I'm just saying. So um, for those of you that know, yeah. I normally uh, on the Instagram, I post a video clip of some of the work that my guests have been doing. So I will definitely be posting because you because you actually uh, freely post a lot on your Instagram about uh, a lot of like rehearsal videos and comparing rehearsal to the performances and stuff. So you're definitely going to be able to see the type of work that she's doing. She's a beautiful dancer. Let me just tell y'all like she's a beautiful Thank person <laughs> and she's a beautiful ass ballerina dancer. That's just great. Um, so I want to touch, do I want to touch on this now? Yeah, I might as well touch on this now because it's actually part of your upbringing as well. So there is, as you said, you know, there are some difficulties being a person of color, being a ballet dancer. Did you experience that, uh, through your, um, education programs, both in Sweden and, and, or in London? Um, well, I, for some, I don't know, being like mm-hmm. brought up in Sweden, it's interesting because everyone, like a lot of people look very similar there. And for some reason, I, I don't remember thinking that, like, I knew I was different, mm-hmm. but I didn't really see it as a bad thing always. It mm-hmm. was more like, oh yeah, I'm different. Um, that's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, it was sometimes, I mean, I could feel it sometimes. Like, for example, like a teacher once said that I would never become a professional ballerina because my hair was too frizzy. <laughs> you guys can't yeah. see, but I'm, flip, I'm flipping the major bird right now because that's, 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 that's actually why I asked the question. Yeah. And I realized, like, I mean, that really sat with me. Like, it, for, I mean, until now still, because or it's better now, but, um, Mm -hmm. I realized like I would always, I can't just go in. I don't feel good in the studio or like when I'm dancing, if my hair is like, like not Mm -hmm. neat or the, and things. And I I always felt like it my hair was somehow always a problem. Um, when all the other girls have their, for one performance, we all had to have our hair out. Mm-hmm. And I had my fro out and before the performance, like, um, one of the people in the, like the direction came up to me. I was like, Oh, you should probably put some water on your hair. It's so dry. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, come on. Like my hair doesn't define my dancing, like, or what my skin looks like doesn't define my dancing or mm-hmm. like, what does that have to do with my ability to do a good performance? There's a there's an amazing book by an amazing author named Brenda Dixon Gothchild. It's called The Black Dancing Body um, from yeah. Coo- from Coon to Cool. It's an amazing book, and it talks about how our bodies as darker skinned people are already seen as being athletic or as you said our hair is seen as a problem because we'll never you'll never fit the aesthetic of this because your body and it's like 
you're already writing me off for something that none of us have any control over. And I'm just as good, if not better, than who you're catering to, because as this teacher said, you'll never be a a principal, and I want to be the one to say it. Look at me now, bitch. What's up? (laughs) Like it it sounds. It's uh, it's it's a. uh, I talked about this with both Nigel Campbell, uh, who's a contemporary dancer. He's back in New York now. He was dancing with the Gothenburg Dance Company. And my friend Waldine Nelson, uh, both have been guests. Waldine is also from New York and dance uh, is currently a dancer with the Gothenburg Dance Company. But both of them, it's it's trauma of their little microaggressions. But as you said, you still to this day, you're 27, 28? 27, yeah. 27. That from that age, it still sticks with you that it's you don't feel a hundred percent yourself if. You're not allowed if your hair is has a little bit of its naturalness to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that and that affects your performances at a certain point because the mind controls all the muscles and stuff. So if you're not there psychologically, you're not going to be there physically. And pe- and a lot of people yeah. I know are going to be like, oh well, you know they don't really mean this bad or it, you can't take it. It's like no, y'all. This is why it's a problem. Yeah, educate yourself and know better. And like, especially when you're working with kids, like you're really, like as a teacher, you're really like imprinting this on them, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm carrying this still. I'm sure that teacher has no idea, no recollection of even saying this to me Mm -hmm. because it's just when like a passing comment. But to me, it became my reality. Mm-hmm. And then so, you, you mentioned a term earlier that people won't understand a bunhead. Uh, it's uh, typically in ballet, the, ba- the female ballet dancers have to have a slicked back bun for their hair because it's a visual aesthetic that you have to see the face and the neck and keep the lines clean of the body so that you can see the movement stuff. So for those dancers of whichever ethnicity does, it can be black, Asian, uh, Middle East, whatever, who have different textured hair, it becomes a thing of having to be able to become a bun head and the things you have to do to control your hair, to be in this slick back bun. Like yeah, it's, it's a lot of, yeah. I mean, also it takes, I mean, I don't want to put, hairspray in my hair every day right it's not healthy no <laughs> not for our beautiful cloths <laughs> yeah at some point i was just like well i don't want to make it like i don't want another thing for them to judge me on so i mm-hmm. might i'm just gonna do it <laughs> so that i i can get to where i want to be but at the right. same time it shouldn't have to be like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, it's it's so sad that you know this is still a thing and not even just in ballet there's a lot of visuals of what people think i actually started uh i'm not sure if you're aware of this but in 2021 i wrote an open letter to one of the theaters in uh denmark about representation on stage and it started actually a really nice conversation about diversification in the performing arts field in Scandinavia, mm-hmm. but then a lot of friends yeah. from the US and London also chimed in, France chimed in, and they were like, it's long overdue to have this conversation because the issue is no one has ever openly had this conversation that these things exist, that these, me- these 
I call them archaic ideologies, like your teacher that you had that talked about your hair. He or she probably, like you said, probably has no recollection of it. It was just a passing thought for them, but it stems from how we were seen for so long that we were otherized and we're still otherized that it it's always, uh, I forget which company it was. I think it's in New York. They just had their first principal Asian dancer, uh, this year. And it's like, that's great. But does no one see the problem that it's 2022 and you're just having the first of anything happening? Let's take a look back and find out why that's been an issue. Let's take a look at who we accept on stage and in what roles. Um, I, uh, I was going to get to this and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but you also danced uh, in a program with Misty Copeland uh yeah. a benefit concert and misty has talked about you know her struggles through her career uh for those of you that don't know misty copeland has been a prima ballerina uh a world famous prima ballerina uh one of the first black prima ballerinas to make it to that level and you know it was a struggle for her if you know from tight colors uh nude nude skin color tights it's like Whose nude are you talking about? And then they're like, oh, you're going to have to dye it. Or like even ballet, like uh, ballet slippers and laces like coming up. Like it's little stuff, makeup, uh, hair. It, there's so many small things throughout, not just ballet, but the dance world and the performing arts world, musical theater and TV film and everything like that, where these whole things, because people never have to deal with them, they don't see it as a problem. But then when you bring it up, they're like, oh, I never realized that. And you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm not the first person. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's been many before yeah. me and there's been many after me. All right. So we're in London for two years. What happens? How, how do I frame this? What happens next? Let's just put it that way. Yes. Um, so what happened next was that uh, I arrived at my final year at the Royal Ballet School and it's time to audition and um, I think I did two auditions one audition I did um, for Boston Ballet but I they came to Royal Ballet to to make an audition for us mm -hmm. um, but I had actually just sprained my ankle so I couldn't Whoa. do the full class yeah my, my second audition was Vienna and so I went there and it was such a long audition like it was so long it was crazy was it days or uh just hours mm. long it was like a whole day um first it was a class and I remember like you just get numbers and I was like I'm dyslexic so sometimes it's a oh. bit hard for me to pick up um um exercises mm -hmm. <laughs> from just from once yeah. some reason like bar exercises is the hardest uh or it used to be um but like choreography is fine it's weird <laughs> but i was put in the front like in the front of the bar right in front of the director <laughs> for bar and I was like thinking, oh my goodness, now I really have to get my shit together and know these exercises because I want this job because I didn't get the one before. 
Um, so yeah, so then we did one class and then, so they would eliminate people after bar mm-hmm. and then you would go on to center and then they will eliminate people after center and then you could do point shoes and they eliminate you after point shoes. And then after that, there would be like, I don't know, a couple left and you would do variation and then they talk to you to say if you get the contract or not, or they would get back to you. So I made it through to the, um, to the variation part. And, um, when I had my talk with Manuel, uh, which was going to be my director, Mm. he was like, yeah, you're one of my favorites. I have to let you know, I'll get back to you, um, soon. And so I felt happy with that, but I didn't have an answer right there. And then my friend, James, uh, was my best friend that I talked to you about, he had got an answer straight away. Like they told, he told him that he got the job on the spot. So I was a bit nervous. Um, So then on my birthday, we were going to go to Amsterdam to do audition over there. And on the air, when I was at the airport, I got an email where they were telling, I was informed that I got the contract. (laughs) so i didn't and i was happy with that i didn't need to do the audition so i went there for a holiday (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice that's how you do it yeah how how many positions do they normally audit like how many positions are open when they have an audition does it vary was it i think it varies each year but my when i joined i think we were a lot of people that got a job then was just from my class we were three mm. people from my class in royal ballet school and then there were mm, two people i think three others so there were six contracts that six quarter ballet contracts that were given nice so that's and that's a lot yeah i think i feel like normally it's just maybe one or two people that from the audition and then maybe they take from school um or apprentices or whatever, mm-hmm. depending on how the com- uh, company works. So I was really happy to get the contract on my birthday out of all days. Yeah. <laughs> it was my 18th birthday. So I remember. <laughs> That's a birthday to remember. Great. Yes, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so, so I had you... my first celebrated drink and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't like it. <laughs> Now, now she celebrates yeah. drink all the time. Not <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you, your best friend James, and another classmate. You got you all three get corps de ballet contracts. Yes, yes. So for those of you who don't know, corps de ballet is uh, like the ensemble of the ballet. It's uh, uh, it's the, it's, it's like the dance company. It's like the dance company yeah. on stage around the demi soloist, soloists and principals who get, and so demi soloists, uh, get some of like, they get smaller, uh, uh, solo work to do soloists get feature solo work. And then principals are the feature dancer of the ballet. That's the easiest way to explain it. So the corps de ballet yeah. is essentially the uh, dance ensemble, the dance company around the rest of the solo performances happening on stage. Yeah. But that's where you, that's typically the hierarchy is you start in corps de ballet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, 
So we're 18 years old. We're on our way to Amsterdam to audition for another company. We get our 18th birthday celebration with, hey, by the way, you're, you're welcome to Vienna State uh, Ballet. Um, when did you start? After, how long after your birthday did you start your contract? Um, we started, they actually wanted us or James and I to start already like straight away because oh. they needed people for a tour, but we wanted to finish our graduating year. So we started in September. Nice. Yeah. So then, and my birthday is in January. So it was a long time after. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good things come to those who wait. That's why, that's why they got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then how long were you with Vienna State? I was there for seven years. Seven years, lucky number seven. Time. Yes, yes, and seven years. Um, and I, my, uh, when did I, I got promoted to demi soloist um, after my second year. And then I got promoted to soloist after my third year. And then to principal, wait, I think it was two years after that, or two or three years after what? that. Yeah, that's not how that normally works, y'all. <laughs> it does not <laughs> normally go that fast for an 18 year old, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> so what's the what's the promotion process like going from OK, um, let's take it a step at a time. What's it like going from Corps de Ballet to Demi Soloist? What like what do they what do you do? What do they tell you? What? So from Corps de Ballet to Demi Soloist. Basically, the jump is, I mean, first of all, pay. <laughs> you get a little <laughs> bit more money. And uh, you still do quarter ballet work, but you would maybe be the person that's in the front. Or if there's a little feature, you would do that. those types of roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a little bit more responsibility in the company. Um, and they would normally um, promote people at the end of the season. Um, so the last day of the season, there's, we had a, a ballet gala and then the, that ballet director would announce his promotions, Mm -hmm. uh, in front of everyone after like, like a kind of a reception. Um, and then from, uh, demi soloist to soloist, um, you no longer do court ballet work. So you only do soloist roles. Um, so uh, yeah, more featured roles. Mm-hmm. And that jump was pretty nice because I felt like I could concentrate more on my art in the sense of like how I want to be perceived on stage or I had more time to, to really nitpick and work on that. Whilst before, even if I would do a, um, like a nice role, I would still have the performances of quarter ballet work, or sometimes I wouldn't make it because if I would be understudy for a nicer role, mm-hmm. um, maybe I wouldn't make that rehearsal because I was called for a quarter ballet rehearsal that I had to go to. So in that sense, it was really nice to to be able to really focus um, on dancing yeah. the things I wanted to dance. <laughs> nice. Um, and then from Solace, the principal, um, it, 
we don't normally get uh, principal promotions every year. It doesn't really happen all the time. It's more from like demi soloist, uh, from quarterbality to demi soloist, or from demi soloist to uh, soloist that happens more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, what happened was that I had, I was chosen to, um, yeah, to be, to have a ballet created for me called Sylvia, or not for me, but on me. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we are now, okay. After your second season, you got promoted to demi soloist. After that season, you got promoted to soloist in two years. So four. So you're 23, 22, yes. 23 at this time. You get promoted to soloist and get a show created around you. Yeah, so actually what happened was that I, w- I got a chance to do one performance of Demon Variations, which is mm-hmm. a Balanchine piece, which was one of my dream roles to do. And I was so happy that I got the chance to do this role. But I got one, one shot at it, just one shot. And after that performance, my director came up to me and he was just like, that was incredible. I want you to be the like the main role in the new ballet I'm done. I'm going to work on. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He was like, I changed my mind. I want you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Um, so I, yeah. When the casting came up for that, I was like hiding because obviously I was soloist and all the principals were a bit upset. I mean, I would maybe also be upset if that happened to me. I don't know. <laughs> See, so my next question actually was going to be when you see movies like Black Swan or like Center Stage or like any ballet, like ballet dance movies or like skits on TV, is it as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dramatic? (laughs) (laughs) Like, do people really try and sabotage you? Like, because you like took, because you like took their role? Like, do they really like put glass in your shoes and stuff? Or like, no, they cut you off at the lunch table or anything? It's (laughs) exaggerated. Yeah, it's very exaggerated. Um, But I I mean, you you feel tension. Mm -hmm. There's tension in the room. Um, I would, yeah, more call it tension. (laughs) You feel it. um, But I haven't really heard of anyone actually I mean, taking action on those kind of things. They would maybe just give you attitude. <laughs> well, you need to pull up then. If maybe you were better than I was, you would have your position. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you, you'll still do it, just not the first performance. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> But then actually, then actually a serious question for, pe- for people listening, for, uh, for them to find out more about ballet. How does that work with multiple principles uh, in the show? Because like, like you just said, Sylvia was created around you. And then for the other principles that were in the company that were supposed to be, like how does, like, how does that work? Not, not the drama of it, but how, literally how does it work with having yeah. multiple principles? So basically we have different casts of each performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, we would have maybe four cast, casts and then understudies. Um, and then in one, in one performance, there are maybe 
like two principal like principal roles mm-hmm. or that are considering like leading roles mm-hmm. um so for example in sylvia sylvia is the main one but then there's another role uh, of diana which is also a very important role so a principal would do that role too okay if that makes sense so mm-hmm. it's not um yeah so people would still be involved um and there are several casts of each role mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if i answered yeah, yeah. no no, no. that's the question, <laughs> <correct>. yeah so, <laughs> so there's so there's rotating performances yes but yes, the first correct. cast normally does like the big premiere yes so we did the big premiere and like the the filming of the dvd kind of thing and um also because i was the the first one um because it was created right so mm-hmm. it was a lot of things that i'm really good at doing in the ballet like for example like turning and jumps and it was kind of handmade for me so that was very nice for me right <laughs> but then the other people have to do those steps too because it's created yeah <laughs> uh-huh so <laughs> if hmm. <laughs> so if one of the other principals aren't as good at turns or jumps as you are what then happens do um, they have to step well, up and learn how to do the damn things <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and or they like sometimes people change a little bit mm-hmm. so that they can feel comfortable on stage but m- mostly it's like you should be able to do it that's normally the attitude <laughs> I love work on it. <laughs> I love how humble you are, but there's still a little well, you know, I'm good at jumps and turns and some other people might not be that. Well, but that's the thing. I know I know what I'm good at, but I also know what I'm not good at. Like yeah. I'm not very flexible. Like adagio is not what? my thing. I've seen your legs. Like I've people are shocked to hear that I don't know I, I can't do a box split. Like I I'm not Really? Like this and I can't do it like on the left side. I can't sit in the split. <laughs> so, I like I I know my angles and like I know how to work around. You know, like <laughs> Okay, Tyra, <laughs> Tyra Banks. You got to know your angles. Yeah. You gotta... <laughs> right? But that's how it is and like I for some I think also cuz I'm strong, like my muscles mm-hmm. are strong so that's why i can dance really fast and like explosive and mm-hmm. um, because of that i use like my strength to get a split in a jump for example uh-huh. but i can't sit and just like be in the position without the action <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so i think that's how we're, i don't really know i'm just rolling with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Sylvia, what year was what year was Sylvia created on you? Um, I think it was uh, 2019, 19 or 20, I don't know. Okay. No, not 19 or 18 or 19. 19 or 19. Yeah, I can't really remember. But which what but um coming back to your question about promotions. Yeah. So basically what happened was that after the performance Uh, it was really nice because my family were all there to watch mm-hmm. the the premiere after the performance um the house director and like for the whole opera house and the my ballet director 
they can't went on stage and we first like were like celebrating the premiere of the of the ballet mm-hmm. and then afterwards because they speak German <laughs> in <laughs> in uh, Vienna. I don't know German, <laughs> even though I was there for seven years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the the director started talking about I don't know what, but you know, I stood there la la, and then all of a sudden, everyone looks at me and and people start running towards with with flowers, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> and my 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 uh, dance director director he said to me like you're promoted to principal and i was like oh my goodness and it was so dramatic i loved it so much because <laughs> it, everyone in the audience was there my family were there and like everyone was i don't know it was just such a spectacle so that was really nice <laughs> nice yeah and then here's a silly question your your best friend jeff right yeah yeah. Um, James. James. Sorry. He, uh, did you, was he, uh, did you guys do a lot of partner work? Were you able to work together or was um, he? Actually, we didn't work so much together because he, he's pretty tall. And mm. in Vienna, um, I was considered short. Um, but here in San Francisco Ballet, I'm considered tall. So yeah. it just, everyone, the girls in Vienna, what I'm trying to say is the girls in Vienna are very tall. <laughs> um, so he, we weren't partnered together. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. Congratulate. Dude, that's just, this is five, six years altogether, six, seven yeah. years altogether from 18th birthday getting getting the corps de ballet to being promoted to demi soloist to getting mm-hmm. promoted to solo to soloist and getting promoted to principal and having a show created around you as the title principal character like listen yeah. y'all I, the it's people very you like pinch know, me moment <laughs> what's that what's that it's very pinch me moment like i don't I don't really understand it either. <laughs> and again, this is back at the company that she saw as a little eight, nine year old girl that drove her to want to do ballet. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when, so when did you get to do that new year show? At what point were you, dem- were you core Demi soloist or principal when you did that uh, new year show? Um, I did it twice. I did it once as I think I was demi soloist. Mm-hmm. No, I was soloist. I don't remember. It was 2016, so I was soloist. I think. Yes. Is that math? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And then the second time, were you well, principal? Um. Can't yes. remember. Just did it twice. You we we did it twice. Yeah, I did. I did it twice. I did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, how did you? At what point? I'm gonna ask this question. So you're going through the. Let's. I'll I'll start this way. So you're going through the ranks at Vienna State Ballet, and then in 2020 you got you. I guess you auditioned in 2019, but you got the a job to uh, move to San Francisco Ballet as a. Did you start as a principal at San Francisco Ballet? Yeah. Okay. Uh, not what or why, but how did that transition happen for you to move from Vienna 
to San Fran was because you were doing so well in Vienna. Yeah. So my the artistic direction um, so were gonna change in Vienna. So my boss that like basically like brought me up to where I am. Uh, he was gonna move on and um so i thought okay well since it's gonna change here anyway like i want to experience something new and i so i want to change mm-hmm. totally i want to change everything um and i'd seen i'd seen the san francisco ballet perform a couple of times and i really i like um the type of performances they have because they also they don't only do classical work. They do a lot of like neoclassical, a bit more, I don't know, not contemporary, but contemporary. Um, yeah. Contemporary like works and um, a lot of creations. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well, let's try this because I somehow wanted to live in America also. Um, and I thought I'm still young. Like now is the time. Otherwise, I'm not gonna do it <laughs> probably, and I can all I can always come back if I don't like it. Right. Um, but I auditioned to because um, they were on tour in London, and I thought, okay, well, this is my chance because I'm not gonna have the time to fly to San Francisco to audition during my crazy schedule in Vienna. So um, I asked to audition, so to class with them, and then they offered me the job. Uh, which was really nice. Hold up. Yes. Hold up. Yes. Companies on tour in London, they're not yeah. actually looking or auditioning for people, but you call and ask, hey, can I take class as an audition? <laughs> you go to London and take class as an audition and get a freaking job contract offer. Did I, did I understand that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I, my my boss or my current in Vienna boss yeah. he called the director in San Francisco and said I have this girl that she's she's like he he helped me but to still get the audition but yeah. still they yeah. weren't even <laughs> looking for anyone <laughs> hi yeah. so my my artistic director says that I should audition for it. you should see me so I would like to take class with you <laughs> this but again you have you have cultivated yourself. You knew, as you said, at nine years old watching this ballet, you knew this is what you wanted to do. At the Swedish Royal Ballet School between nine and 16, you wanted that eliteness. You wanted to drive. You wanted more out of it than just having fun and going to ballet school. You went to yeah. the Grand Prix and didn't win, but you got scholarships, not scholarship, but scholarships to different places. And you chose the Royal Ballet. You chose the Royal uh, Royal School in London. They cultivate yeah. you. Then you like uh, the universe is just putting it in order for you to get to where you need and want to be. And there's no shame in it. I'm just loving the fact that it's just like you know what I want to do this. Here I am. I want to yeah, try well, this. You never know if you don't try. Say it again. Say, say it one more time for the people no. in the back. Say one more time for the people in the you back. Never, you never know unless you try. You never know unless you try. Never sell yourself short. Like, that's the thing. The worst thing is nothing. Like, if the worst thing is nothing or that they're going to say no, then okay. Like, <laughs> like, you didn't lose either way. So you might as well just try it. Are you listening to her, people? Are you listening to her? 
<laughs> go for it. One of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to happen or it's not. If it doesn't happen, yeah. move on. Try something else. And if it doesn't happen, it wasn't meant to be. There's something else waiting for you. Oh, this is why I love my friends. Not because, <laughs> not because they say shit that I say all the time, but because we have the same ideologies of life. And that's why life works for us, because we just go for it. Yeah. Live. Like, live your life. Like the YOLO. <laughs> you only live once, right? I mean, it's coming from somewhere. No, no. <laughs> yeah. No, that's how I got. That's how I freaking got to Sweden. I was like, I don't know nothing about the dance industry in Sweden, but something's telling me to move there. If I don't like it, I went on a European holiday for a couple months. Thirteen yeah. years later, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are now in 2020. The early stages yes. of 2020. Okay. <laughs> so when yeah. were you? So when when was your contract in San Francisco supposed to start? It was supposed to start June first. Yeah, June first. No, sorry, July first, mm-hmm. 2020. But obviously that didn't happen because there was a world pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, I had some visa problems because the um, American embassy in Sweden was closed and they were still closed to like a year ago, two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So it's been a struggle. Um, So I got distracted. (laughs) (laughs) So So, my cat uh... is like trying to eat my flowers <laughs> no stress so you get the offer but it doesn't it's supposed to start okay when do you get the offer let's let me ask that when do you get the contract offer um i got the offer 2019 it must have been like in october or something like that so this is the thing this- like it was before it went like yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so she's now in the fall of 2019, which is where we all were. We're like, okay, my life's about to happen in the summer. I'm going to go to the U.S. Four months later, it's like, hold up. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so then the, so then the, Amer- so are you, where are you when the world shuts down? Are you still in Vienna? Or are you back in Sweden or are you in San Francisco? I was in Vienna when the whole lockdown situation happened. Mm-hmm. And then um, in the summer, I went home to Sweden to wait to try to get my visa mm-hmm. for America. And I only managed, I only arrived in October, end of October of 2020. I arrived in San Francisco. Yeah. And that was an interesting time to move the other side of the world. <laughs> Not knowing anyone with two suitcases, not knowing what area to live in. Because the first time I went to visit San Francisco, I had a disaster moment and ended up in the hospital. <laughs> Whoa, what happened there? Um, I got food poisoning. <laughs> yeah, I got food poisoning. And on my way back, I, had, I was supposed to see the company and take class and talk to the director but I couldn't because I had food poisoning and then um when I was gonna fly home I um 
I had a, like a, I collapsed in the, in the mall or like trying to get what? some food and had like a seizure and <laughs> got taken to the hospital and then um, got a fat hospital bill. Oh, welcome to the world of the U.S. hospital, hospital industry. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So that was interesting. So I was actually shocked that I even came back. But <laughs> so you, uh, so you moved to, you moved to the U.S. in October of 2020. Yeah. How? And how? But how did you get there? Because wasn't the U.S. on um, lockdown then as well? It was like kind of locked. It was very strict. Everything on my flight, like I was on one of these big planes and mm -hmm. there were 20 people on that plane. It was empty. Right. It was so empty because you couldn't enter into the U.S. if you didn't have the special permission. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got there, I hadn't met my colleagues. Like I didn't really meet my colleagues fully until last year like i we were all wearing masks i oh, i got there so um we were in pods and we could only i only knew like five people <laughs> that you really didn't so, recognize because you were all wearing masks at the time you only knew people by their exactly, eyes Exactly, i just knew like like this from everyone wow so that was interesting <laughs> so now yeah because i got there and then, like, my momentum got a little bit shaken because I felt like until that point, I had such momentum. I mean, we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. It just felt like everything was falling into place when it needed to. And when I came here, um, first of all, I mean, we couldn't perform. So that was not so fun. And then my second season in the company there, which was last season, um I rehearsed all the ballets. I was supposed to do my dream roles, uh Odette Odile in Swan Lake. I was supposed to do Kitri and Don Q, Blake works from uh, William Forsyth, like all of the ballets that I was like dying to do. I really wanted to do them. I got injured. I was off out. <laughs> oh. So um that was a bit tough, like mentally mostly. But hold on for and one I'm second. I'm just coming back now. Because before before the injury, you actually had to come back to Sweden the following year. That so you moved to you moved to the US in October 2020. And then in 2021, you had to come back to Sweden, right? Yes. Yeah, so the visa that I have, it's only it's not even a year. So I have to come back to Sweden to renew it every time. But because the v the embassy is closed, I have to do everything per mail. So I have to send my passport to the embassy. And I have no idea how long it's going to be there for. And when, I, when, when we met, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. I, was it two years ago? Well, anyway, that's right. <laughs> two summers ago, um, I got my passport back i was supposed to fly back to san francisco i got my passport back and there was no visa in my passport oh. they denied my visa what so then, 
Yeah. So then I had to wait two, like two or three more months just to reapply again. Mind you, she has a contract that she had that she's supposed to be fulfilling. Yeah. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, that was stressful. So I it was it just felt like one thing after another was kind of not working out. Mm. Um but like I said, I've said before, like if something doesn't happen, like I really believe that it's meant to be in a way because I've learned so much about myself during this time, like being injured and because I had to detach myself from like I'm a dancer to being like, I'm Nikisha. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I if I'm not a dancer? Right. Because that's how I identified myself. And when that was taken away from me, it really put things into perspective again, that like dancing, it's, it's given me so much, mm-hmm. but it's not who I am in the end of the day. There's still so many layers to me. And yeah, it was frustrating to then after the pandemic hadn't performed since 2020 come here do nutcracker do like five shows in nutcracker and then when the season's supposed to start my foot i can't walk anymore so uh, you a beautiful thing you said is that you had to find yourself throughout all of this quote-unquote tumultuousness all the pieces falling out from under you but I know because you. Uh, this is when we met that you were taking classes. You got back into hip hop and street and street jazz, and you took a heels class with me. Like, and you were. And the beautiful thing is, I saw your face just lighting up because you were able to move. This is bef- this is before the in- this is before the injury. This is uh, during this the time right where before the injury. yeah yeah. Um, but and I and I remember talking to you about the visa thing about how to go about it. But just in class, it was just, you just lit up because it's, you could see how much dance meant to you. And as you said, you had to separate yourself from dance Nikisha to who is Nikisha, but it was still, uh, it was still a, a release. Uh, yeah, a release for you. It's all the struggles that were going on. You could let everything go in the dance classroom. How did yeah. How did we finally get the visa approved? Did the company step in? Did because because I think it was something that you told me that they didn't think you were an essential worker or something like that or like yeah I think the most ridiculous thing is that it took me like three months like but this they I had to reapply again and mm-hmm. basically pay the fee again and once I did that. I got the visa within three days. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Assholes. That's like only can say. But that's what I'm saying. Everything happens for a reason because otherwise we wouldn't have met because yeah. I would have already have gone to, to San Francisco and right. like I wouldn't have been able to connect again with other styles of dance because mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't done that since I was like eight. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And it's funny because people are like, oh, my God, that's Nikisha. She's like, uh, she's like a ballerina. I'm like, she's a ballerina because most <laughs> ballerinas can't jump, turn, hit, shake that, like get the get the beat groove. I was like, wait, what? 
they're like, yeah, she's been like, I was, and then you told me about your background. I was like, okay, this is cool. But it's like you said, everything happens for a reason. But then we, as you said, jump back again, you get back, you start, you did, you do nutcracker and then you're supposed to get in. And then what happened to your foot? Basically, I think it was overwork um, because, um, I mean, that's my an- analysis that because of the pandemic or like we kept having to go back into quarantining. Mm-hmm. And so I was like in shape, out of shape, in shape, out of shape, mm-hmm. or like out of shape, but dancing like I'm in shape, you know? Right. <laughs> um, my foot was just like, nah, this is this is not happening. Um, and I got a chronic inflammation in my FHL tendon. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like a 10 centimeter inflammation. And I first I got misdiagnosed and they thought it was something else. And they gave me a cortisone injection in my mm. ankle and it was fine. And then I did nutcracker and then um, it was not fine anymore because, um, yeah, because I was dancing five ballets at the same time i was rehearsing five ballets at the same time all of which were not easy because it was foresight banshee swan lake like all these type of things um and we were doing stage rehearsals and i was in everything and i remember i did this one stage rehearsal of blake works uh by foresight which is an amazing piece because we dance to the music of James Blake. Mm-hmm. Do you know James Blake? Mm-hmm. And it was just, I remember because I was on stage, it was stage rehearsal. I just remember feeling like this is what I'm meant to do. Like I really had this feeling like I love what I'm like my job and I love dancing and I just, I was nailing it. <laughs> But for myself, because there was no one, there was no one in the audience. Right. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I went off stage. And I couldn't walk. I I couldn't walk anymore. It because they misdiagnosed me and gave me the cortisone injection. My Achilles was this thin. It was tiny, tiny, oh. tiny, hanging by a thread. It was bruised. Oh. My whole leg was bruised. Um, and like, I looked back at pictures and I was like, why did I dance on this? Like, why, how is this okay? Like, that's also another thing that I really, I've had to think about a lot is how dancers, like it, how dancers take care of themselves and that it's somehow we're expected to just break ourselves for what mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like, if I can't dance, like it's my life that's that's being affected. Like for the ballet company, it's just like next, right? You know. So I really had to think about that. Of like, I come first, you know, mm-hmm. and like it's not my problem if like it shouldn't have to. Because I've heard so many dancers, and I, a bit the same for me sometimes that I would think, oh, if I don't do this. Um, they're going to take me out or I'm not going to get this opportunity again. It's always these kind of things that dancers are thinking because yep. I don't know, we don't have a voice or we've been taught from a young age that 
We just do just it. Do as we've been told and mm-hmm. be grateful. And that's really something I had to reflect on. That that's something I don't like with this industry. I don't like it at all. I don't want to stand behind that. So now, whenever I feel something, I say something. Good. <laughs> because and if it's not, if it turns out to be nothing, that's good. But I don't want to dance on on a bruised Achilles that's hanging by a thread again. And this is something. <laughs> and this is something that the pandemic has also taught all of us as well. That for years, because yeah. performers, we don't get we don't get sick days. Like you can't sing, you dance. You can't dance, you sing. Like whatever, or you show up. Yeah, like you're just like you said, you're you supposed to fever, break the body. You do the show anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then Corona was like, oh, you're, you have the sniffles, stay home. And it's like, but I thought the show must go on. No, 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 no. Rules have changed now. And it's like, oh, so all of a sudden I can now take care of myself, which is what I've been saying for years. We've all been saying for years that we can take care of ourselves. But now, oh, okay, cool. But then as soon as people started getting better, it went back to, oh, you're expected to do this, this, and this is like, hold on. But I have to, as you just said, Nikisha, I have to make sure that my body is in order because I have to live with it. You, we have, that's what we have understudies for. That's what we have the covers for. If the show can go on and I understand what your press machine wants to do, but make adjustments like we did during Corona. Like it's, it's, it's a viable option. I feel like also dancers need to feel the security that if they do take care of themselves, that they don't, feel the consequences for that, that they're taken out or mm-hmm. that they don't get opportunities again because they're difficult for always being out. Yeah. They have to feel that we have, we have to feel like we're in a safe space, that we're in a safe yeah. environment that is not detrimental to our physical or mental health, which will, which will deteriorate our physical health as well. Yeah. Trying to work outside of our means of what we're capable to, to get approval for a job that we're already doing that you have me here that I have to keep. Otherwise, if I don't do what you tell me to do, I won't have a job. Like that's, yeah. we're, the, we're the only industry that does that shit. <laughs> and that's why, like, I don't know, I've been very transparent, open. I've been talking a lot about my injury on my social media mm-hmm. because like, it's not talked about enough. Like we just, people, younger dancers they don't know that like someone like me that maybe they look up to or like i'm in a position that they want to be in in mm-hmm. the future go through these things too that we're all the same yeah and i i have received a lot of messages from people and it, it has helped me too to know that this is okay you know like where the feelings i'm feeling are valid and other people have similar problems and that I can help them because I'm being open about what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So it's been, yeah, I mean, it's been difficult, but at the same time, yeah, I've learned so much from it. Nice. And it's a, and and it's a, it's a little bit of a star, star power thing as well, that being a principal showcasing your vulnerability because, uh, and it's going to sound horrible, but as like a court of ballet person, it wouldn't have the same clout to not, not the people writing to you, but the producers and directors and stuff. That's when yeah. it really gets to just fix your shit. I don't want to hear about it. Just make sure you're ready versus a principal is like, 
oh no, we have to make sure you're taken care of. So it's really nice that you had that uh, open vulnerability for the world to see. Yeah, because that's the thing. It shouldn't be like that because mm-hmm. like at a dance company, we're all a team, like we're all a part of it. And like, that's what um, I felt, I don't know, in other professions, like I've been watching the basketball here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they are a team like they all support each other mm-hmm. and if one like i don't know how to explain it but sometimes i mean in ballet we don't we don't have that type of us unison feeling unison because it's kind of set up in a way that everyone wants to be like at that at one at one point but mm-hmm. you're not like enjoying all the steps i guess yeah. um i don't i don't know yeah, no, you're you're spot on with it. We we are taught that we're each other's competitors versus we're each other's support unit. That we're all in it together. Yeah. Like yeah. as you said, yeah. especially. This is why also I was really enjoying like your classes because it was just like I felt like everyone was having fun. Like that's also the thing. Like people were there because they wanted to one mm-hmm. and because they were doing something that they were enjoying it wasn't had nothing to do like i'm first cast or i'm gonna do this like there were no egos in the way you know and it was just so freeing to be in an environment where people i mean everyone was on different levels and kind of i guess coming back to what we were talking about in the beginning like we're everyone was on different stages right and Mm -hmm. like i mean but at the same time, we're all there together and supporting each other. We're clapping for each other or being like, yeah, oh, oh, like, you know, and there is, it's not the same when you reach, I mean, like, I mean, at least in ballet companies that I've experienced, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. kitty kisses. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one she, cat? She's very, she's very clingy and like, so um, she wants attention all the time. Now I didn't give her attention. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my best friend, Crystal, her cat, my nephew, Dior, anytime we, anytime we FaceTime, he climbs in to see the video. Like he'll be in the other room, but as soon as I call, he's like, meow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now, so now we're, it took, it took a year, year and a half for us to get back to a hundred percent or so strength in the foot where we could start dancing again. Yes. So I just came back. Uh, when did I come back? Like I'm so bad with like times, timelines <laughs> okay. and stuff, as you can tell, but um, I'm going to approach like when I have my first performance in mm-hmm. December, I would have like, it would have been 11 months. Wow. Since, yeah. And that Almost takes a psychological a toll on the body as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. For me, it was definitely like mentally was the hardest thing, especially because I'm like here on the other side of the, the world for yeah. my family and everything. And I'm, I can't even do what I came here to do. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, here here's a ballet drama question. Did any of the other principals were were they like, it's okay, I can do it. I'm here. I can while you, <laughs> while you were out. <laughs> um, I don't know because I don't really like 
I didn't have the time or the, like, when I started performing or rehearsing, I didn't really have the time to get to know anyone or like, uh, get right. into the ballet drama the or <laughs> even what everyone was talking about. Or like, mm. I have, I was so out of the loop. So then I was even more out of the loop. So actually it was kind of nice. I didn't have to worry about that, but now I'm starting to get to know everyone, which is nice. But like being able to dance again, like I can feel that my spirit is coming back. Yeah. So it was nice. (laughs) What's your first performance coming back? Um, It'll be Nutcracker. So this year I'm like, I want to do get past Nutcracker. I don't want to only do Nutcracker. (laughs) (laughs) yeah what roles are you doing in nutcracker um i'm doing the sugar plum fairy and like rom padada in this in this version um there's like the sugar plum fairy but she dances like the waltz of the flower dance Mm -hmm. and then there's the rom padada which is basically um clara i guess yeah when she grows up Cause she goes the little girl she goes into this kind of like a doctor who machine i don't know yeah. and then they turns around and then the big girl comes out and then she does the dance with the prince not cracker prince right yeah so i'll be dancing those two roles nice okay yeah. still su- still superstar and then mm-hmm. what is the program schedule after Nutcracker. Um, so we have a ballet gala in January that kind of opens up the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm dancing in that yet or if I'm dancing in it. And then we have a, a new works program. So it's like nine new creations by nine different choreographers. Oh, wow. And I'm in one of those um, because I, I just came back from the injury. So mm-hmm. I only managed to be there for one but which is fine for me (laughs) uh so do that one and then uh giselle where i do this role called myrta Mm -hmm. which is she's like a a spirit that is very angry and she jumps a lot (laughs) she likes to jump (laughs) yes i i know how to jump so that's why i'm that role (laughs) and then uh i do blake works the one that I did right before I messed up my foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy I get the chance to actually perform that one. In front and of an audience. That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then after that, uh, I do, we do Romeo and Juliet, where I do Juliet. Beautiful. So yeah. you have, you have your work cut out for you either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Nice. Um, want to jump over to your family a little bit because I met your sister as well and she mm-hmm. is an artist. Yes, she is. Uh, I've heard some of her songs. She's a, so- she's a singer songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And she's actually going to come visit me, um, in December and she's going to be here for like two months. Nice. So I'm excited for her to come here and spend time with her. <laughs> nice. Where can people find your sister and her music? Because her music's dope. Yeah, she's on uh, Spotify, or like all all platforms, mm-hmm. I guess. All the if you have what is there, Apple Music, Spotify, yeah. YouTube. Um, she's on Instagram too. What's the name? Shinifogo. How do you spell it? Uh, S 
H E N I E Fogo F O G O. Look her up, y'all. Uh, when I found when I met her uh, two summers ago, and I found out and I listened to the songs, I called Nikish and I was like, "So I want to choreograph to this song. You should tell your sister. Like, I want to do some work to it. So we're gonna make that happen. Yeah, the songs are dope. Yes, she's a beautiful vocalist. Yes, next time I come over, when I come home, I want to take your class and then. Can, you can have, maybe have done a choreography to one of her songs. <laughs> Done deal. Done deal. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so as I told you, there's a little bit of a special treat. Um, let me pull it out real quick. Oh. Okay. So. Uh, I'm excited. Let me do this. So my last name is Gamble. And oh. what I did is I bought a roulette table. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not good at roulette. I went to Vegas for the first time not so long ago and I lost a hundred dollars in like two minutes. And oh. then I was like, no. <laughs> it was only a hundred dollars. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I set a limit for myself because I I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm excited. So my last name is Gamble, and what I did is I bought a roulette table. Each filled with shot glasses. Each shot glass is numbered, and each number represents a question that I have on my handy dandy list. And then, probably after your episode, I will start making people prepare a shot because what happens is you do a shot and then do the question. There, I actually have a ginger shot right here. <laughs> we can do a ginger <laughs> shot. That works. Keeping it healthy. <laughs> So these, none of these questions are anything shady or intrusive or anything. They're just fun, general questions to get around. Okay. You game? Yes, I'm game. Awesome. I'm so, to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> so we take the magic roulette ball. We spin mm-hmm. it round and round and round and round and round. And where it stops, nobody knows. Number one. Okay. I've had this one before. What was your least desirable job, but the gig paid enough so you did it anyway? Oh my goodness. Um, and if you don't have, and if this doesn't apply to you, you can do your ginger shot and then we pass and do another one. Maybe try another one. Okay. Do I have to do the ginger shot? Do the ginger shot. Because I can't think right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cheers. <laughs> All right, we try round number two. Number 15. Okay. Uh, I just had this one with no with Noel. Um, what's your most hate hated <laughs> what's your most hated dance move or trend throughout the years? Ooh, most hated dance move. Or dance trend. And if you want, you can pass and we try round number three. Hmm. Trying to think. <laughs> Can I try another one? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to finish my ginger shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad they're just ginger because you got to make cookies right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. Lucky number three. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Lucky number seven. Oh, okay. Ooh, this, this might be a good one for you. What has been your worst international experience? Oh, that was probably when I ended up in the hospital here in San Francisco <laughs> when I came to visit. Um, but let me see if I can think of another one. 
my worst international experience. Uh, well, most recent one was probably I went back to Vienna to to visit, and mm. I was like I got off the airplane and was like on the train to go into the city and this lady came up to me and my boyfriend and was just in german asking if i'm from if we're from austria and i said no and then she said go back to where you came from the fuck? <laughs> yeah what? Said, you should yeah. <laughs> yes so I would say maybe that's that's one of the worst international experiences. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Like literally, what is wrong with people? How do you just? Are you from Austria? No, go back to where you're from. You shouldn't be here. It's, have you ever heard of yeah. tourism? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was crazy. Ooh. Weird. I hope that I'm supposed to go visit my nephew in Vienna and hopefully that doesn't happen to me because I'm not as nice to people that do that. <laughs> Ooh. No, I, you'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> mm, gonna... Yeah. All right. Hope so, that... like, just be prepared that people stare there. So Okay. I've <laughs> I'm I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah. Then you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean I'll I get... lived there for seven years and that was I just I haven't had anything like that happen to me until then. last year. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if people stare at me, I give them a show. I'm going to give you something to stare at. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you want you want, you want me to be uncomfortable? I'm going to make you uncomfortable instead. Just how I roll. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Keisha, before we go, if people want to follow you, how can they find out more about the magical work that you're doing? And actually, if they want to go back and see your journey through uh, rehabilitation. Um, well, I think the easiest way to find me is on Instagram and it's Nikisha Fogo. And um, I, that's where I update the most. Regularly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty active on there. And that's N-I-K-I-S-H-A-F-O-G-O. Nikisha Fogo. Yes, correct. Is what's the San Francisco Ballet website? Just in case they want. Okay, let me ask you this: Does the San Francisco Ballet put up videos of any of the works that you guys do, like after the after the pandemic? Because that was a big thing. With uh, yeah, I don't think mm, I don't know if they do live streams anymore. Okay. Maybe we will. I'm not sure, but um, if you happen to be in San Francisco, then. You can come watch a performance. <laughs> I might be in San Francisco. I don't know about the rest of these people because you know, but, <laughs> well, but you never know. You never, you never know. As we said, you only live once. Why not go to San right? Francisco? <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Right. You get food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the food is actually really good here in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> but then, was, yeah. But then, question for you. Um, little logistic type thing did your do you still have swedish insurance because you're a swedish citizen oh um well they i had to like write myself out that i'm like mm. um you're living that abroad I'm, that you're yeah. yep the reason why i was asking was because i know for like emergency situations 
the Swedish insurance would cover it. But at that time, you were already moving over to go. Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> damn. I'm sorry, boo. Because yeah, that, well, it's it's in the past now. I paid yeah. for it. I'm okay. <laughs> Shouldn't need the company pay for it. I came here because of you and got food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> you just sent them a bill. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, since I was here for you, this is on your dime. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they paid for my foot surgery, so okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, so. If you want to follow more about Nikisha and her journey through ballet as being a principal at the San Francisco Ballet, make sure you follow her at Nikisha Fogo. That's N-I-K-I-S-H-A-F-O-G-O on Instagram. You can also follow San Francisco Ballet and find out what works they're doing. You take a trip to San Francisco and follow her there. And if you're not doing already, make sure you follow at Gamble's Green Room on Instagram to find out and keep up to date of all my guests, some behind the scenes footage, as well as some of the work that they've been doing and Keisha, it has been such a pleasure to see you, baby girl. Thank you so much for finding the time to join me and share your story. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful season, starting with Nutcracker. And I hope to get to see you on stage as well. Thank you for having me here. Thanks. For, listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the thankful one. You, you took time out of your day to find time for me. So I'm thanking you. Yeah, I talk a lot too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're friends because we can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your ballet season coming up, and we will talk to each other soon again. Thank you. Thank you, Boo. <laughs>